grab your Bibles and grab your notes. And if you would do the same online, um, I want us to just bless the Lord one more time. You know, I, I think some of us are tad bit hesitant or, or, you know, trying to get accustomed to maybe a circle or you start thinking about who's just across from you and looking. I don't know what's going on, but what a genuine blessing it is to have Joanne and Mr. Samuel, one of our guests, to be able to lead us in worship. Can we thank God for them right now in Jesus' name? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Just so enjoyable. With that being said, I'm going to have you go to the next screen, if you will. I want you to follow along as we jump into this. Uh, what we believe is that when we read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, don't turn there, we recognize that the word of God is alive and active. The word of God is what? Alive and active. Amen. And as a, dir a direct result of that, we find here in Psalms 27, please pay attention, verse 7, and the Amplified Bible says this. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious and compassionate to me and answer me. You all did bring your praise to the Lord and your amens with you. Amen. Could you could to pull that out your purse? I don't know if you got it in your wallet. You know what? It, you know, if you need to go back to the car, just put up one finger and go ahead and go back there and get your amen if you don't mind. All right. I mean, that's just the word of God. It says hear, O Lord. I know some of us pray like this, right? Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious and compassionate to me, and what? Answer me. And when you said, seek my face, uh, the definition of the word face that we find in New King James, King James, other translations, uh, that word face means presence. So seek my face in prayer, require my presence as your greatest need. God says, seek my presence as your greatest need. Isn't that good? Amen. How many know you don't need a 1-800 number? I'm treating me better than y'all shouting already, amen? How many know you need God's presence, not someone else? Are you with me? Amen. So it says, seek my face or seek and require my presence as your greatest what? My heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek on the authority of your word. Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. Psalms 34, verse 18 says, read it out loud with me. Ready, set, read. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Let's all read that one more time. The Lord is near the and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I want you to really make sure you're catching the purpose as it's kind of in that other font. It says, Lord, come. Lord, come. I am mourning. and My heart is broken. And how many know oftentimes we come together and we have a beautiful smile or we've come in because we know we need to be with God's people. It's not about being at the building. It's being as and with the church, for we are the ecclesia or the ecclesia. Are you with me? Amen. It's about being in the corporate worship. It's about being where people can worship God freely with expression. And however, let me say it another way. However their personality is, then that also ought to show up in your 
divine worship. Are you with me? I'm not saying we are trying to depend on each other's personality, but I just want to make sure you understand is that if Iowa State wins by a bunch of touchdowns and you all up in the air about that, I'm just saying, amen. I'm just saying that when you get up in here, I'm not sure why our hands might be down. Are you with me? Now, I saw your hands up. I saw your hands up when we was winning on the touchdowns, right? Come on, Kelly. Where's she at? I know she with the children, but every time this son over here did a dunk, I saw some shouting. Are you with me? Car family. When there was a takedown and a pin, all right, that's what I thought, amen? <laughs> I'm just saying our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, took the devil down, did a three-point dunk, and then after that scored a touchdown, and I'm not sure why we're quiet or underscoring the magnitude of Jesus' accomplishments and his victory that we might be sinless and free. Glory to God. I was just checking to see what church I was in. Amen? My God, I get confused every now and then. Let me know the Lord is near the brokenhearted. He's near who? The brokenhearted. Amen. Next screen. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hallelujah. I missed out on our drummer. I don't know if y'all noticed. Y'all may not have heard those in so long. Y'all might have forgot what those sound like, but we thank God for Brother Jeremiah as well. Amen. So I want us to go to the next screen, and I want to bring our attention to prayer. To what? Prayer. I want to bring our attention to prayer. You see in the yellow three of our values. Repeat after me. Everyone prays. Everyone plays, and everyone heals. I did plan on trying to be a little calmer tonight, today, amen. I've already lost that battle, amen. (laughs) But I want to explain this important point because I recognized the other day that some of us may not be fully attentive to it, and there it is, everyone plays. Everyone what? This concept got introduced into the body, or what we call the Christodome. That means the fullness of the Christodome, the big C church worldwide. What happened is um, a a phenomenal movement and some really wonderful Bible teachers recognized that no one should be excluded from the power and the supernatural and the things of God. Let me say it another way. Some of us have been grown up and nurtured in a type of big wheels and boards type of ministries. And what I mean by that is, is that people will stand in hundreds and hundreds of lines and for two hours to get prayed for by one person. Are you with me? And, and not only is that so inefficient, but that was never really what God's design was because that was to say that this one person is the only one that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in. Are you with me? And so what got introduced into the body was kind of like this analogy, is what sense does it make 
for all the people to be up in the stands of the football game and there's only a few players down on the field. That's not in Christ. Are you with me? That's like a spectator. And some of us, maybe some of y'all that sit on the back row, that's why y'all sit on the back row, because y'all are trying not to get in too close because you might be asked to do something. Are you with me? <laughs> now, I know I have a tendency to spit, too, so we call this the spitting section. Are you with me? <laughs> My point being, though, is that I believe Eric Jackson should be just as prepared to allow God to flow and move through him if Brother Andy has a situation. Are you with me? Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So therefore, some of us get confused because some of us don't feel like we're worthy. Well, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm not doing right or I'm not living right or I'm not, you know, I didn't read. I, you, know, I, you know, all these kinds of things. And you know what that's doing is that's turning inward like you're the one doing it. You see, our faith is not in Pastor Lawrence. Our faith is not in Jasmine. Our faith is not in John or, or Alicia. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So therefore, you say, well, somebody can't just be an unclean vessel and doing things. Oh, I didn't know that because once I think a donkey spoke. <laughs> Jesus actually said that if I would not cry out, he pretty much could get a rock to cry out. Come on so it's not necessarily contingent upon if you think you're good enough. Amen. Let me say it another way. If I, which I told y'all a treading story the other day, right? You don't want pastor to tread water. Amen. But if I'm in a pool, 12 feet, 15 foot, or in the middle of a lake, and I'm going down, <laughs> Help me understand when Mason swims out to me, I'm not going to ask him, um, are you certified? <laughs> have, have, you take, have you taken a swim test? Are you with me? What you were looking for was help. Get this, to rescue and save my life. And therefore, if Zach knows how to pray just one good prayer, Jesus, pastor, need help. The Lord can hear and answer. Somebody say amen. Come on, give the Lord a big praise offering for that. Let's everybody stand to your feet. Everybody stand to your feet. Amen. Let's just put into practice what we just said. I want to uh, call out these three things, if you will. And um, if you will, if this is you, if you would, I'm just going to ask by the elevation of your hand so we'll know who to come and pray with. Um, I want to read a couple of um, testimonies that have come out, um, if, I, if I can do that, and then I want to ask you uh, to pray. Is that all right, everybody? Amen. Amen. I want to read uh, a couple of testimonies. Um, this was sent in. It says this. It came in by way of text. I spent the last two days reflecting on Sunday's sermon. Thank you. First, for challenging me to defy gravity. Challenging me to do what? I can think of two ways to do it with the help of something powerful attached to me to help me overcome the downward pull or by getting close enough to something with a more powerful gravitational pull than the world that pulls me down so that I'm pulled out. So that I'm pulled what? Down. Of where I am and into the force of the other. 
Either one, either one is a beautiful picture and a metaphor for the challenges before me. Thank you also for standing right in front of me and hollering, uh -uh, excuse me, I mean emphasizing. <laughs> what more do you want? I've been challenged for some time now to spend less time praying for more things on my wish list and simply praying for more of him and less of me. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody sent this in that was at home. They said this, great word. My body, my body literally soaked up the word. It was Proverbs 4, 20 and 22, becoming alive in me. How many know it's the word of God that wants to come alive in us? Yeah. One more. This one came all the way from Texas. It says this, that payoff, and last week we talked about paying off bills, paying off debts, having that experience of that. It says that payoff of all debts is in a process before we even see how in Jesus' name. Expecting to share the blessings as the Lord prompts us, like exceeding abundant, overflowing, spilling all over the body of Christ and those within the sphere of our influence. And everybody said amen. amen. With those testimonies, how many know God can do anything? Yes. Praise the Lord. So here's, here's what I'm going to ask. First little picture there, it says, I just believe as I was praying and interceding, wasn't trying to receive something. God, give me something for the people that wasn't it. But I heard this even as the songs because Sister Joanne and as they came with the uh, playlist this week, I don't know if you noticed, at least two of those songs was about heart. So I want to just ask you, if you're dealing with anything in your heart, things that are going on that you might be stressed about, anything that your heart is keeping you up at night about or something that you know that, you know what, you've been trying to do something, but you're, it seems like you just got a gravitational pull and you haven't been able to, to be released or the power to go do it. We want you to begin when, you when we ask you to raise your hand, you raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. The other one is I just really sincerely believe this keeps coming up over and over again, week after week. We ought to pray for marriages. Everybody that's married in the house, raise your hand if you may. Everybody that's married in the house, amen, thank you. Listen, doesn't necessarily mean something's going on wrong with your marriage. Doesn't mean that you all don't have a good relationship or you are not in marital oneness or you're not in 53 anniversaries. It doesn't mean any of that. But how many understand that the enemy's toil is to come and steal, kill, and destroy? Yeah. And how many understand one great place that he would want to attack is in the marital oneness? That does not mean that women and men of God are, that are unmarried are not vital and valuable. But we need to make sure God puts a covering and a shelter on our marriages. Somebody say amen. amen. And the very third thing is, is that that's a teardrop. And that is, even as the scripture said, that the Lord is near the brokenhearted. So when you want to pray for someone, you could just pray that over them, that God, you promised in your word that you are near the brokenhearted. Right. So we want to pray for those that are mourning. Let me tell you what mourning is. Mourning means you feel like you've lost something. You're grieving over something that maybe has been taken away from you or something that you're just, you know, is going away from you. Some of us are still in grief or mourning over our parents or or over um, those things that we're seeing, uh, aging parents, whatever it is. And we just man, we can see life going before us uh, this week alone. We were faced with at least two people, one uh, t like a day apart from each other, um, both in their like 60s, like one was 61 and one was 63, I think, and both of them passed, one passed in their sleep. Nothing known, don't even understand, no, no uh, autopsy or anything, just passed in their sleep. I want you to understand that we want you to be comforted. The Bible says that God, he's near the brokenhearted. Somebody say amen. 
So if you're having a difficulty with your heart right now in any area of your life, if you right now want to have prayer over your marriage, please stand by your spouse. Or if you're here and you know that, man, you know what, I do feel like I'm low. And it's not just people. You know what? You could have lost a year of your school, right? Sometimes we have to take a year out, a semester out of our school, and now you've lost time. You, maybe you lost a scholarship. You know what? You're grieving or mourning over that. You don't know how you're going to pay the last semester of your graduation. Whatever that is, you might be mourning or grieving that. That's a loss. That's a what? Loss. I just want to ask of you, would we, can we pray with you? Right? We're just going to pray. Everyone prays right now. Everyone plays. If that's you, any of those three areas, can you lift up your hand right now, if you would? I just want prayer. Thank you so much. Keep your hands lifted. Listen, you all see those hands that are lifted right now. Can I get you to go around those people right now? Come on, break out of your comfort zone. Go with them. Everyone's hand that is lifted should be receiving prayer. When somebody comes over and maybe puts their hand on your shoulder, you can lower your hand. But we're all in the house right now. So don't stand like a deer right now. Find somebody. Join a group. You're going to go pray with somebody. You just heard me read those scriptures right now. We're just going to ask that you would pray with them right now. We're going to pray for them with one minute if you will come on all over the house find somebody find a group to go pray with this is how we do it everyone plays everyone prays come on people just raise their hand in a type of humility and a type of like vulnerability i am in need right now come on pray right now in jesus name that's it come on church come on church come on this is how you do it pray over the people of god pray who god has brought into the house today they're not here just going through the motions, but they're here to experience that Jesus Christ would encounter them in their need and in their situation. Come on, right now, you know what? It's not about you being worthy. It's about Jesus. He's worthy. Speak a word over them. If you're experiencing something, you just feel something in your spirit. Come on, pray and give life. Speak life over them. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, someone's dealing with sleepless nights. Sleepless nights. Pray for them. Come on, about 30 more seconds. Come on, pray. Father, we pray with those members that are experiencing a church online. We thank you, Lord God, because your word says in Colossians that though we would be absent one from another, yet we are there with one another in spirit. And so in the name of Jesus, God, we know your spirit is there at whatever stage, in whatever place, whatever state, whatever country, and even whatever time zone. Father, for those that will watch this week, later this week, I pray for those watching on Thursday, all during the week, and those especially that are tuned in right now at this hour, that God, you would minister powerfully to their heart, like you would even embrace their heart and hold it in your hands, God. Put their tears in a bottle so that they would know that their losses have not been missed. We pray, Father, for every marriage covenant in Jesus' name. And so, God, we thank you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's everybody all over the house give the Lord a big shout. Hug on one another. Come on, in Jesus' name. Miss Christine, would you come up? You may be seated. You have a microphone, Joanne? Praise the Lord. Joy, can you catch that microphone for her, if you would? Thank you. Uh, please, if you will. Uh, Pastor Jeremy already acknowledged, but she's not only Sister Doctors Connie's sister, but she's also a pastor and a reverend that's with us, and everybody said amen. 
So would you please pray for the word? Amen. Thank you. Pray for the word of God. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We are so thankful for what you've done for us. Yes. So far, and what we've heard from you. Lord, we pray that the word of God will be bread in our lives, will be water in our lives. Lord, that we would understand that it is your word. It is your word that gives us what we need. It is living. It is real. It can be trusted. So, Lord, let us, let it be amplified in our lives today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody said amen. Thank you. Amen. All right. Let's keep going. Amen. Next screen, if you will. Everybody say defy gravity. One more time. Say defy gravity. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what does that mean? Amen. Praise God. Defy gravity. Go to the next screen. Next screen, if you will. Thank you. Gravity. I've. I've narrowed it down to these. I gave a lot more on last week, so you certainly can visit from last week as well. But gravity ultimately means, and what our context and our metaphor is to be held down. Is to be held what? Down. How many know gravity holds us down? So therefore, we're going to share a metaphor, as it were, being held down in life. So gravity is what holds us back. Gravity is what causes us to be stuck. How many know that gravity can cause you to be what? Distract to be what? How many know you can be on your way to what God has placed before you, a divine destiny, a pathway, and some kind of distraction can cause you to get off course? How many know that's gravity? Gravity is what also can be what's dissatisfied, right? You're just dissatisfied in life. How many know, no matter, you know, I've seen this, actually it happened before around my own presence, is that, how many know you could get something that's a genuine blessing, and you're like, oh, thanks. Right? Right? You know what, I would just say it like this. I've done that before, right? How many know I'm down about $1,000, right? Somebody comes up and blesses you with $50. Oh, yeah, thanks. Oh, bless you. Because our mind is on the 950. And not on the blessing of the 50. Is everybody with me? Gravity can cause us to be stuck or held back in a place of dissatisfaction. Gravity can cause us to be, get this, unmotivated. (laughs) Hallelujah. Have you ever been there? I don't just feel, I don't just, I don't feel like it. You know you got to test tomorrow, right? (laughs) I'm just not feeling it. Amen. You're not feeling it, but you're going to be failing it. Amen? (laughs) All I'm saying is that gravity can cause you to be in a space that you don't want to be in. Gravity can cause you to be disinterested. Well, I want to stay with this one because we sang about this a lot, and I I probably want to end the message about this too. (coughs) I want you to be very careful and pay attention to this. Gravity can cause us to be disinterested in the things of God. Gravity can cause us to be disinterested in the things of what? And so I want us to be really careful because I know we all love what Jesus did for us. I know that we want to love Jesus, 
But because gravity can get in between and that pull can be so strong that the cares of this world can pull us away from that first love. And so gravity is what holds us down and sometimes it can hold us trapped. Can hold us what? I love this picture because that's the picture I wanted to show you. I, I wanted to reenact it. I just can't find enough magnets to do it. But, but I, I wish that we would understand that if that magnet was steady pulling on us, we're trying, but the magnetic full pull can be sometimes greater than the power we have. Is everybody with me? Next screen. Here's a prophetic word. Defy gravity is to fly by a creative power and a consistent try to transcend trial, trouble, tribulation, turmoil, temptation, terrible, toilsome terrains, torrential storms, torturous traumas and their triggers, and torn torments till triumph finally wins. <laughs> Did you want me to read that again? Right? Where you find yourself at in that? In other words, what I want to break down each little piece. Defy gravity and what we're calling flying because, you know, when you fly, one of the things that you're doing, I like to call it, is defying gravity. That's not actually the way physics says that it's defying gravity, but in what I understand, in my language, is to defy gravity or to fly. Part of it is to defy gravity. And therefore, by a creative power, by a creative power, by a creative what? How many of you understand in order to fly or to get out of some situations, it's not that you will not get out of it, but you've got to keep being creative. You've got to keep being innovative. Why is that? Fly by a creative power and get this. This is the part that gets us and a consistent try. What I'm saying is this. When it was discovered for humans to fly in planes or gliders or whatever they used, how many know there was far more failures than the ones that we now hop on that American airline or whatever you all fly and, and uh, beep, and you know, you got that on your phone and you walk right in. Are you with me? <laughs> how many know we do that without even thinking now, right? <laughs> right? Right? Uh, yes, you want to check my bag? That's for free, right? <laughs> my, my point here is, there has to be a consistent try. In other words, I want to advise us to not give up. To not what? Give up. To not give up. I, I just, you know, not to give up. Not to what? Give up. I, I just, I believe we should not give up because... All of us experience trial and trouble. Jesus said that. Tribulation and turmoil. All of us experience temptation, terrible, toilsome terrain, hard to get through it, torrential storms. They're not just a little rain, they're torrential storms. I mean, all of us, and this is the one I like, torturous traumas. You know, in our generation today, I mean, that's like a, you know, a common colloquial word. Well, I'm just, you know, I just got trauma. That's that word is being used more than truth. In other words, maybe, maybe we can start 
emphasizing the concept, right? Come on, Brother Zach, right? We can start emphasizing the concept. Well, yeah, I'm just experiencing truth right now. <laughs> right? I'm just, come on, that's a good word. Come on, Brother Eric, let's just say, man, what's going on with you? Oh, I'm, man, I'm just going through a truth moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Right? Because sometimes we're in a torturous trauma, and then now we tack this other part. I was just triggered. Amen. My trauma got triggered. I'm, I want to make sure you understand this. I'm not being insensitive. What I'm saying is for some of us, let's be careful not to claim something that we are not. That's a good word. Get this. And torn torments till triumph finally wins. In other words, we all now are benefactors of hopping on a plane, flying across the world because somebody kept trying. That's what they kept going. Next stream. I want to talk about how an airplane flies. I want to go faster. Listen, how an airplane flies, because this was absolutely incredibly, uh, just, you know, for those that, for myself, that's less intellectual and, you know, not <coughs> academically savvy and all those types of things, I found this to be fascinating, right? Is that what happened, I told you the story, and some of y'all don't know the story, is that back in May, I was on a plane, and for whatever purposes, I was by the window, right? So I had a window seat, and as, you know, the, you know, he was speaking, the, the pilot was speaking, and he's saying different things, and this is what we're going to do, and you know how they do. And they give you a briefing. Well, then we got, you know, out towards the runway where he's going to take off, right? And I happened to glance out the window, and I saw the wings go backwards. Are you with me? Now, you have to understand, I took no aerospace engineering classes, right? I have no idea. For all I know, they could just be tricking us, amen? <laughs> but... But I saw the wings like flaps go down that way. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, where's my iPad? <laughs> right? Because I wrote out, oh, my God, we're not just about to fly. We're about to defy gravity. Yeah. Are you with me? Because part of flying is that all of us can talk about flying. But how many understand, unless your power does not also defy gravity, you won't fly. <laughs> Are you with me? So, therefore, I just want to share this little thought about this, how this airplane, you know, flies is you see those four words and everywhere you look, you're going to find these words, right? And that is the difference between, first of all, gravity is a pull down. Or it would keep the plane down no matter how big the metal is, no matter how light it is, it's going to pull it down. But then you've got to have thrust. You've got to have what? You've got to have thrust. You're going to have drag, which is the part that comes off of it. But ultimately, you're going to have lift. You're going to have lift and you're going to have thrust, which makes you go forward. Now, here's the key is that wing part over there is get this. This is what I didn't get is that this is all just physics in a sense, right? Because as that flap went down, that wing went down, then look at, the, look at the diagram. The wind comes over and hits less of the wing on top. But because the wing went down, there is more wind hitting the bottom. And as a result of more wind hitting the bottom and you projecting forward, that's what causes the plane to lift. To me, that's pretty powerful. Are you with me? In other words, we defy gravity by letting more wind get under us. <laughs> you defy gravity by allowing more wind to get under you. To get what? When you're, if you, if you had some wings, and sometimes you need to know what worship is, I'm just saying. But if you, if you flap them downward, 
The wind can come and lift you up when you're moving forward to take you where you want to go. Because we don't have the power just to fly on ourselves. We've got to be able to fly in accordance. Go to the next screen. Here's some natural lessons to defy gravity. Paper airplanes, right? I was going to do a little activity, but it takes too much time, right? I wanted to have a little paper airplane contest, but I know that's all right. I'm not going to do that, right? It says that the aerodynamics of a plane will need to have little drag and be light enough to defy gravity, to defy gravity. This is pulled right off. It says paper airplanes also use the forces of lift and thrust. When these four forces are used in balance, used in what? Balance. Paper airplanes will fly longer. While a plane is flying, air moving over the under the wings, pushing it upward while the gravity from the earth pulls it down. All of these forces, thrust, lift, drag, and gravity, affect how well a given paper's plane flight will go. You know, I think it's vital. Go to the next screen, and we won't demonstrate that. Um, but we're in the middle of wanting you to understand why do we talk about such things. Here's ultimately why. is because we want to break you out of your comfort zone. How many know you cannot fly until you break out of your comfort zone? Amen. You're not going to experience success until you come out of your comfort zone. Let me say it another way. Many of us in this room have great successes, but in order to go to the next level, you're going to have to come out of your comfort zone, right? We've got many married couples in here, some new, some newly wed, some to be married soon. And how many understand that there has to come after, you know, you've got to start practicing it, but at, one, at some point you've got to say, I do. And how many know I do means I am no longer single? Amen. 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 I can't hang out. I'm, hey, Jim, I'm, no, Jim, don't just drop by anymore. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> are you, come on, Mason, I'm, I'm just preaching harder than you, Charlie. But, but are you with me here? I'm just saying there's a difference, right, Samuel? Is there a difference, right? So, so we want everybody to understand that we want to break out of our comfort zones. Next screen. Go to the next screen, if you will. Something's on my heart about this, and I just want to touch it a little bit. I'm going to read the scriptures. It says this in Philippians 2.15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom, read that last part, you shine as lights in the world. One more time, shine as lights in the world. Other translation says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky or universe. I just wanted to highlight that today because that's been our year-long uh, theme. And the reason I want to say that is that I am wanting to encourage us that even though things might be dark on the outside, how many know you should be the one shining on the outside? In other words, though we may be seen and people might be doing things all around us or maybe even to us or even to us, how many understand there might be an invitation to join in with things that, you know, just don't seem to have peace with your spirit or it just doesn't seem like that's what Jesus is leading you to do. And so now you either feel like I got to be a part of that or or foreign to that or I don't know what to do with that or I'm not going to have anything to do with that. And what I want to share is that the scripture here literally says, I mean, it just happens to be what we're dealing with this year is that God's design, God's purpose in our lives is to shine. Look what it says in a harm, like in a fault of the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's not like a judgment. That's just saying, you know what? I'm shining in the midst of darkness. 
Just because it's dark doesn't mean that I'm getting dark. Just because dark might be around me doesn't mean that I, get, I need to hide mine, right? No, 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 no. There is definitely a war between light and dark. But how many understand the light always wins? Because the darkness cannot comprehend light. I don't care if it's a pin light. I don't care if it's a little small match. Poof, you light it up, it's going to take away the darkness. So no matter how small or how dim you think your light is, you can light up the darkness. How I mean, you know what? All the stars have a different shine. Amen. All the stars have a different what? I don't have to compete with Gabrielle. I don't need to have to compete with the man of God or Pastor Carr, though he can preach anything into salvation, and I can't, but that's okay. How many know I can't necessarily have mine be like, well, I just wish I shined like Pastor Carr. I wish I had big old muscles, but no, I'm just going to come over here with my little skinny self and do the best I can. Are you with me? Because I'm not concerned about what Pastor Carr can do. I want to make sure he shines on his muscular self, and I shine on my skinny self because I am a different star with a different brightness and a different brilliance that he has. Are you with me, somebody? Say, I am a star that shines brightly in the world. Come on, give the Lord a big praise offering in Jesus' name. Go to the next screen, if you will. Responses to gravity being held down. Define gravity, success, comes from being able to live beyond disappointment. Can I slow down? <laughs> because I desire this to be the last message of defy gravity, but not its power. I really, I know I'm, I'm not in the passages yet. I, I just, there's these, these great teaching things I want to hit. <laughs> this is life changing. <laughs> this is not just, you know what, even if. It's difficult to care about me as the speaker or something. You know what? This is just powerful. Listen, define gravity success comes from being able to live beyond disappointment, devastation, and discouragement. When things do not go our way or what we prayed, out of our control, our loss, when we can sustain through strain and pain. I want to share something about successful people. Successful people are not the ones that we sit back and say, well, they just got it. They just got it made. It was easy for them. No. Successful people have learned how to live beyond all of the disappointment. It almost feels like we could do a benediction right here. <laughs> I am not minimizing. I see some of y'all's faces like I'm being really harsh. And so I want you to know I am not attempting to minimize people's hardships. Is everybody with me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to minimize people's hardships. What I'm saying to us is this. We all experience trials. We all experience pain. There were several people working on flying at the time that that was inv invented and created. There was lots of failures, lots of injuries, 
I want you to understand, people are not even able to accomplish some of the things you're doing. But there's going to be scars. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be pain. There's going to be disappointment. I, if you've been fed that being a believer means no pain, <laughs> whoa, you're missing who we followed. Did you realize Jesus was crucified? Did, did you know about that death part? That wasn't a movie. <laughs> that wasn't like Mel Gibson's good idea for some money. Amen. No, there, there's, there's things that's related to being successful that deal with toil. That deal with, and, and so therefore, in order to fly, that's why it's not just about flying. It's about learning what to defy. It's learning what to deny in your life. And you know what? In the midst of disappointment, in the midst of devastation, in the midst of you receiving news like, whoa, you didn't see that coming. There was no way I could prepare for that. Oh, my God, what am I going to do about this situation? It's the ability to defy gravity by the wind that comes where you tilt those wings back. And it's not based on your power. It's based on the power that God gives to still be able to lift you up. Do you know, I've taught this before, right? In the air, they do not call it, pilots do not call it, like you, for instance, they might think you call it altitude. They actually call it attitude. It says the plane is, the way we land is based on its attitude. And, and so, whoa, isn't that prophetic? <laughs> if, if it, the way that you fly and the way you, you go from place to place and the way you land and the way you take off is based on your attitude. Whoa, my God. <laughs> so when things, listen, when things, look at this. Matter of fact, maybe it'd be good for you to read it after hyphen. When things, ready, said, read. When things do not go our way or what we prayed out of our control, our loss, when we can sustain through strain and pain. And everybody said amen. You see, discouragements can be a foiler and spoiler of great conquering of the impossible. Amen. Amen? Next screen, if you will. Responses to gravity being held down. Our own limitations and discouragement withhold us from flying and defying gravitational forces against us. Our own limitations and discouragement. How many understand? Well, of course, there was things that was against you, right? Of course there's things that are against you. I'll read a list later. I dare say logic oftentimes does not lift us above the can't into the can do. <laughs> How many understand there are lots of people that are not as smart as you, but they're successful? And I'm not talking about just worldly success. I'm talking about spiritually successful. I'm talking about closeness to Christ, live worry-free, marriages in oneness and unity. Are you with me? So look at this. We need and require more power to do what we can do, what we cannot do. Um, I have two, two of the values, my value number nine and value number ten. Um, value number nine, get this, and this is for you. Get this, is I believe... Number nine, my value, no, what I call now value or priority number nine, is that I dare believe in the impossible dream. I dare to believe in an impossible dream. 
Now, I know we've got realists in here, but you know what? I dare believe the impossible dream. And then I turn around and believe that God can cause impossible dreams to come true. Come on now. Amen. How many of you know that's biblically and scripturally sound? Mm-hmm. How much sense did it make that somebody was going to come back to life? <laughs> Everybody with me? What kind of sense would it make two guys run, one outruns the other one, gets to a tomb and it's empty? How many know that was impossible? But I want to dream the impossible dream because our God is able to do that which is impossible. You know what? Y'all not getting it. How are you going to have a little American of African descent, black man from St. Louis that barely got out of high school, be able to find a young lady that is four foot something, because I can't say that out loud, amen, <laughs> of Latina descent, or what y'all call Latinx, are you with me? And I took French in high school. <laughs> are y'all hearing me? How can those two people get married from totally two different cultures, from two different countries, are y'all with me? And be 28 years married, are y'all with me? Wait a minute. I don't know if you notice, in most places, I'm the shortest one among men. Are you with me? And then a son would happen to be in basketball. Come on, somebody. What? 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 Don't tell me God can't do anything. Amen? God can do anything. Turn to your neighbor and say, God can do anything. Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Here's what I want you to understand out of, out, out of this. Look at this. And then value number 10 is this, is to empower people to live by their priorities, to live in their purpose, to maximize their potential. And get this, number four, to be people of possibilities. Mm-hmm. To be people of what? Possibilities. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, I want to be, want to be a, person a person of possibilities. possibilities. Listen, we don't need to be people that everybody tells you you can't. You can't. How many have, matter of fact, there's a survey. I, I didn't read the, the, the book yet, but there's somebody that put out a book about this, and somewhere in there is like you hear can't X amount of times in your life, and the times that you receive can is like a fraction of that. We need to come together as a body and as a church or in phones and text messages and iMessage and everything else and just start telling people, yes, you can. Right? Yes, you can. Amen? Yes, you can. How many know we need encouragement, not discouragement? Praise God. Go to the next screen, if you will. It's good to be back, isn't it, bro? Come on now. All right, everybody go to, no, don't do that. Switch next uh, next screen. Uh, I'm just going to read the scripture and not the things on the right so I can get to the end. It says, Jesus got into the boat and returned to what was considered his hometown, Capernaum. Just then, some people brought a paraplegic man to him lying on a sleeping mat. And when Jesus perceived the strong faith, he perceived their strong faith within their hearts, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, be encouraged for your sins have been forgiven. These words prompted some of the religious scholars to think, why, that's nothing but blasphemy. Jesus supernaturally, he did what? He perceived their thoughts and said to them, why do you carry such evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Immediately, the man sprang to his feet and left for home. Next. When the crowds witnessed this miracle, they witnessed a what? How many know you don't know miracles can happen unless you get to see one or be exposed to one? 
They were awestruck. They shouted praises to God because he had given such authority to human beings. Go to the next one. As Jesus left Capernaum, he came upon a tax collecting station where a Jewish man named Matthew was collecting taxes for the Romans. Come follow me, Jesus said to him. Immediately, Matt jumped up and began to, Matthew began to follow him. Thank you. Jesus went to Matthew's house and made himself at home. Many other tax collectors and outcasts of society were invited to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When those known as the Pharisees saw what was happening, they were indignant. And they kept asking Jesus' disciples, why would your master dine with such sinners, lowlifes, scum, acting cozy with, don't go to the next screen, acting cozy with crooks and misfits. Is everybody with me? Let's not judge anybody in the story. Everybody all right? But, but here is something to consider. The points I want us to get is this. A sinner followed Jesus, and Jesus went with him and his friends. You got to get this. Matthew was a sinner. Matthew was a what? I need everybody to get this because you know what? We look at people in scriptures and we elevate them into a different status and different stature. He was just a sinner. That's what they're trying to say when he was a tax collector. He's sitting there. He's a, he's a sinner. He's, he's betraying his own people. He's a crook. He's taking money and shaving all for him. He's a crook. But Jesus came up to a sinner. Jesus came up to a what? He came up to somebody that had fallen short. He came up to somebody that had done some wrong. He came up to somebody that had a reputation. He came up to somebody that did not know who they were and what they were created for. Jesus came up to somebody that wasn't really any good, and he asked them, hey, come follow me. It's getting quiet. Do you know why this story is so significant? It's because Jesus asked a sinner to come follow him just like he asked me, and just like he asked you. So who should we be to judge one person's sin over another when we all started from the same place? Somebody say amen. We all started from the same what? If it had not been for the grace of God, if it had not been for the mercy of God, if it had not been for the peace of God, if it had not been for Jesus walking up to, watch this, the tax collector, or for me, if Jesus had not stepped into a FedEx van and say, hey, young man, I want you to follow me with that package. Are you with me? All I'm saying is that where did he step at to you? Because you may have been sitting somewhere, and he just stepped up to the bar stool. He just stepped up into the office. He just stepped up into when you walked out on your family. He just stepped up into your situation, and he said, come follow me. He said, come what? Come on, we don't need to be quiet on this part. It doesn't matter what we did. Jesus stepped up and just followed me. And the reason this is so important is because he jumped up and followed. He didn't feel bad about himself. He realized, I have an opportunity. He's not in blame and shame and guilt and condemnation. He like, Jesus said to me, come, this is my ticket. I want to fly out of this seat. So I'm going to follow the one that just called me. 
It doesn't matter what I did yesterday. Doesn't matter what I did last week to the group that I took money from. It does not matter how bad a sin I was in. It doesn't matter how much I was crooked or what I didn't do or did do. What matters is that Jesus called me. I've got an opportunity. I'm going to get up and follow him. He hangs out with, ooh, this is so good. How many know it's those that encounter Jesus, that encounter who? Jesus. Those are the ones that you go tell, you know, you, those are the ones that bring everybody to church. All right. yeah. <laughs> you know, you've been here 15 years, we haven't seen anybody in a long time. All right. right? right. And he's not a sinner, he was a born-again believer and a spirit-filled believer. But, but when, when Luis got here from Brazil, he was like this. Oh, I'm bringing, I'm bringing all of my students, all of my family, whoever I meet on the street. <laughs> I'm going to tell them, you know, I'm going to get my English out and I'm going to make sure they come to church. Are you with me? Why is that? Because when it's new to you, you're just like, oh, my God, look what God's doing. What's, say your name for me, man of God. Yeah, man of God came. He said last week, he said, I don't know what to say. Church is awesome. <laughs> right? That's what he said, right? Now, I know you've been around and you know, wait till you get behind the scenes. Let's not taint his situation, right? If he sees Jesus here, then let him see Jesus. Somebody say amen. All I'm saying is that this. I'm glad another tax collector didn't run up to him. Well, you know, he got a lot of debate about him. You know, people arguing over him. You know, you know he got them, them other nine with him. <laughs> You know, some of them, they, <laughs> I don't know, you know, them Zebedee kids, you know, <laughs> you know, I know Mr. Z and he didn't really raise them right, you know, are you with me, right? You know, they, they got a fishing business, but I didn't took, they, I didn't had they books before, you know, no, 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 we're not trying to mess around with, with, with tainting somebody because here's what we want, outcast of society, sinners, lowly unwanted, people that feel like they're misfits, like people that are even unsure of themselves, people that are unchurched. We don't need church transfer. We, we look for people that's unchurched. People that, like, for instance, I, I don't know why we get upset when they went over to so-and-so church, you know? Praise the Lord. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> they're probably there doing what God called them to. Did you know why are we arguing over two or five, ten, four families when there is 34,000 students that come in every particular year? Is anybody with me? Yeah. My God, I'm just saying we want unchurched, unsaved, the marginalized, the minorities. Because some people don't feel the same in every type of church. How many understand when you come in and sit down, you, you know, you, you got to feel like, man, there's some nice kicks, bro. Yep, I got a pair of those. Amen. It's a good church for me. Amen. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> right? Somebody else might come in, you know, just have it on their little sandals. Like, oh, there's some people. Thank you, Sister Doctor. Amen. All I'm saying is, is that whatever you have and whatever you do, you got to feel like, you know what? I can relate to them. I, I can be with them. Are you with me? Yeah. Praise God. Look at this. He invited. I got to close up. He invited. He what? He invited them. He dined with them. And how many know we have a particular core value called being hospitable? Hallelujah. Go to the next screen. He was hospitable. 
let me, let me say this a little bit better way. You know what? I know we have all kinds of people that come in part of BCC. Amen. And you know what? I want you all, all of us to grow into the place where no matter who you're with, it's all right. Amen. Amen. You know what? Maybe somebody, you know, might not be doing well today. Maybe somebody might have got a little alcohol on their breath. You know what? You right with them. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, man of God? Hey. Man, all right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> when Jesus overheard this, he spoke up and said, healthy people don't need to see a doctor. But the sick will go for treatment. The sick will go for what? Then he added, now you should go and study the meaning of the verse. I want you to show mercy. I want you to show what? Mercy. Go study this out. I want you to show mercy. Not just offer me a sacrifice, for I have come to invite the outcasts of society and sinners, not those who think they are already on the right path. Amen. Isn't that a good word? Amen. You see, people with needs, people with what? Needs. Will come for treatment. People will come when they have needs. Jesus came to invite outcasts of society and sinners. As he is, so are we in this world. That's our vision. Amen. Go ahead and go to the next screen. Here's a flight test. So who is welcome to BCC? The world may judge or make one feel as scum. You know what? You don't feel good with other people. You hide a lot in other places. You're welcomed here. You know what, people that might not think very well of you, they've said something that was not right about you. You know what, you're welcomed here. Outcast of society and sinners, the lowly, the unwanted, the misfits. You know what, some of us are Holy Spirit filled and we just don't quite fit in in other churches because they ask us to be quiet. Are you with me? How <laughs> you understand there might be an unsure, you might be unchurched, that's okay. We don't even have membership here, amen. <laughs> Praise God, listen. You might feel like you're marginalized. You know what? I'm here in Ames, Iowa. I don't know anyone. You know what? I'm a minority and just, you know, I'm going to school with everybody. I work with everyone, you know, and I just wished I could get around and have good fellowship and in a safe space. You are welcomed here. You are welcome to what? Here. Here's the question. Who brings them, though? Who brings them and who serves them? Say that with me. Who brings them and who what? Who what? Say it one more time. Who brings them and who? turn that pinky or turn that pointer you do amen you do because you know what this is not the pastors or ministry leadership team or other leaders that's not their responsibility we're wanting to empower all <coughs> because everyone plays everyone what plays. everyone what plays. praise God go to the next screen Jesus says learn Hosea 6 and 6 Come, let us return to the Lord. Come, let us what? Return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. I'm going to have you, Samuel, come over to the piano. Don't start playing yet. Listen, in just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. So that we may live in his what? Oh, that we might know the Lord, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn of the coming of the rains in early spring. Oh, Israel and Judah, what should I do with you? Asked the Lord for your love. Look at this. 
Brother uh, Joshua sp spoke about this. For your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like dew in the sunlight. I've got to stop there just long enough to understand what that poetry means. God compares, like for instance, what the word was that Joshua received was, he doesn't want to be like that because you know what? How many you know many of us are like, oh, praise the Lord, glory to God, yay, hallelujah, Jesus, on Sunday. And then on Monday, we're like, who, God who? What is it? Jesus who? Are you with me? I'm sorry. Holy Spirit who? Right? He says, I don't want to be like that. Look, he says, I should. For your love vanishes like the morning mist, disappears like dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you to pieces. I can't teach all of that. To slaughter you with my words, with judgments as inescapable as light. This is the verse that Jesus told him to go and study. Read it out loud. Ready, said, read. I desire mercy, not offer sacrifices. I want the knowledge of God more than I want burnt offerings. Go to the next screen. Matter of fact, just go ahead and skip to that. Thank you. I'll go to skip to the next one. Verse 4, for your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you into pieces with my words. I want you to understand, God does not bring tragedy or calamity on our lives, God uses the same thing that he saved you with to also correct you with. He does it with the word of God. I want to let that settle for a little bit. Because when bad happens to our lives, we think God is punishing us. That's a lie. That's not true. What it is is God speaks to our hearts and we become convicted and we get an opportunity to do that which he's shown us. Somebody say amen. Amen. <coughs> As, inescap as inescapable as light. I want to show you chesed, Hebrew word. The word means mercy and compassion. God wants to show you mercy. God wants to show you mercy. God wants to show you compassion. God wants to show you loving kindness. That's the real actual Hebrew word for chesed. God wants to show you loving kindness. God wants to show you compassion. God wants to show you mercy. God doesn't want to... to harm you or punish you. God wants to give you compassion. Jesus says, go and learn what this means. I prefer compassion more than even sacrifices. Quick teaching about that. When he says sacrifices, it was considered to be the right thing to do not to be with people that were polluted, not to be with those that are misfits, not to be with those that are worldly. That would be like a sacrifice because you know what? You're not supposed to be with them. He says, rather than not being with people, I would much rather you be with people because I desire you show mercy to people more than you're trying to give a sacrifice and stay away. Because I mean, you know, some of us grew up in churches like, you know what, I'm supposed to be holy and I'm not supposed to be with them and I'm not supposed to go with them and I'm not with that crowd. And Jesus says, no, I want you to actually be with them. I want you to be the bright and shining light in the midst of them. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Go to the next screen as you get ready to stand. You want to take a picture of this one if you don't mind. Can I get you to take a picture of this? How to defy gravity, how to try to fly. These eight things. Number one, believe and know Jesus Christ is first and foremost. If you want to fly, if you want to defy gravity, you've got to believe and know that Jesus is first and what? Foremost. Number two, we've got to learn how to abide in the Father's love. We've got to learn how to abide in the Father's love. One of the things that I'm sure God wants to eradicate from my vocabulary is that I don't feel loved. I just read another article this week that talked about growing up, if you have experienced rejection or abandonment or wasn't well treated in your childhood, it can affect 
you in later in life to have more depression. But how many understand when you get born again, you start over. So when you get born again, when you get born what? When you accept Jesus Christ and you start a brand new life, you have been regenerated into a whole new family. And it was love that saved you. It was love that saved you. So now God's going to start regenerating you to take away the old and begin to engulf you with, immerse you with God's love. We need to abide in the Father's love. Number three, look up and see Jesus. Look up and see who? Number four, believe you are accepted, belong, and significant. That's such a big one. You've got to be a part where you're accepted, where you're belong, and you're significant. Five, break out of comfort zone. How do you break out of a comfort zone? You've got to have no fear. You've got to take risks. Get this, and you've got to do it with others as well. And you've got to do it with others. Number six, receive the Holy Spirit and power. Ah, wish I could go over that. Receive what? And with what? You know, I got this little magnet, and if we act like these are people, are you with me? And this is gravity, how many know that's a pull on that? And when you try to take that off, how many know it's kind of hard to do? You see, that's the type of gravitational pull, but how many understand God's pull is greater? And that's when gravity drops off. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Because now we are in God's hands. And when we are now in God's hand, God can cause me to fly. God can cause me to glide. God can cause me to defy gravity because I'm in God's hands. And when I'm in God's hands, I'm no longer in the world's hands. I'm no longer in the devil's hands. I'm no longer in the gravitational pull hands. Matter of fact, I'm no longer in my own hands. I'm in God's hands. And God can defy gravity. Give the Lord a praise offering. Listen, number seven, be lifted up. You can start playing if you would. Play uh, that um, heart, a heart of worship. Raised up. Everybody say raise up. up. And number eight, read it out loud with me. Ready, set, read. Do all things without grumbling, critical, fault-finding, complaining, arguing, questioning, and doubting. (laughs) How many know that life and death is in the power of the tongue? And those that eat from it is what enjoy it. I mean, some of us, if we could just change what comes out of our mouth. (laughs) Go to the next screen. Stand to your feet. With God, all things are possible. Say that with me. What? With God, what? The Bible says in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Next screen. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. And about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Matthew 17, 20. He said to them, 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith, if you have what? Like the grain of a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Next screen. To fly, you have to defy gravity. It is called an airplane. Who can be likened to this? The Holy Spirit. He's known as four things, at least the wind, John 3, 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind, the what? Blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So everyone who is born of the Spirit, because to defy gravity is the wind of the Holy Spirit, the rushing mighty wind. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all on one accord in one place at 114 Fifth Street, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting because it's the wind, it's the airplane, it's the wind under our wings that causes us to elevate all the possibilities. I'm begging for you to just try to fly and no longer be magnetized and stuck in your situation and trapped by your self-limits. Let the Lord show the wind come through you Bend back your wings and let him lift you. Let him raise you. It's called the resurrection. Sing a little bit of that. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. All over the house, come on. Ministers Prayer and Altar Call team, can I have you join me in the circle, if you will? Thank you so much. Ministers Prayer and Altar Call team, also elders and ministers and prayer partners, thank you so much. I, ne- I cannot necessarily go over all of this, but if you hear your heart call your name, if you should hear his voice, The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, don't harden your heart. Don't like resist it. Just say, you know what? This is my moment. Matthew was a sinner in a seat. The man that was laid down and Jesus forgave his sins and he stood up. I call him a man on a mat. Whatever has you down, whatever is your gravitational pull, today is your day to break free. All of us had that one day. I was in the Pioneer Room on the second floor of the Memorial Union, and it was the first day of the rest of my life. 
I was gravitationally pulled down in sexual immorality. I was gravitationally pulled in lying. I was gravitationally pulled in trying to chase a skirt and trying to live out of a herd or with somebody that had left me. And I just want you to understand, it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you fly. If you're in this place, and pastor, something that's said, some scripture that was shared, some story, you know what, that really caught me. I just want to ask that don't leave today. Don't get off the runway when you're so close to flying where you're defying gravity. Don't, don't like go back to the port. Don't go back to the terminal. No, 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 you're so close right now. I'm just going to ask that you would have a yes and your yes would be coming to one of these wonderful prayer partners that wants to pray with you. I'm actually turned that you all would uh, come in a little closer if you don't mind so people can have space to come to you. Thank you, Lord. Every hand lifted. Every hand lifted in the house. Every hand lifted at home. Father, thank you so much. What does it mean to be welcome at BCC? It means that, God, we are here for the marginalized. We're here for the unsaved. We're here for the unchurched. We're here for the one that's unsure of their identity. God, we're here for the one that feel like maybe the, the tower has grounded us and I'm not supposed to go anywhere, but that's just like another can. But I hear God saying, I can. God, I ask for you to be the God of the impossible. For with man or if we were left to ourselves, God, it would be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. One of the things that struck your heart today says, I need prayer. So, Lord, we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, all over this circle, and those that are online, I pray that they would respond by coming to the runway so that, God, you can help give them a thrust and a thrive so that they can get lift. I ask that you would bless this place and bless us as we depart from here. If you're in this house, can I just get you to do this all hands down? You know, Pastor, that made sense. I just want to receive prayer today, amen. <coughs> and so if you would, would you go ahead and move towards the center right now? It doesn't matter how many of you all it is, two or three of you all, ten of you all, doesn't matter. We're here to pray with you. You know, Pastor, that makes sense to me. I want to come up and I want to receive prayer right now. If that's any of you all right now, would you come in Jesus' name? Would you come right now? Pastor, I just want to receive prayer right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Anyone else wants to come and receive prayer, you can just break from that right now. I just want to be prayed for. Thank you so much. Come on up right now in Jesus' name. Bring your family. You know what? Nope, we've got people over here. Come on over here, Yolanda. Thank you so much. We have people right over here, if you would. Thank you so much. Can we thank God for those that are coming for prayer right now? Can we just thank God for those that are coming for prayer right now? Amen. Can I get you to stretch forth your hand with the people that's next to you? Whoever, just touch somebody, if you will. Father, we touch and agree, we touch and agree that, Jesus, you would manifest yourself with signs, miracles, and wonders. Save, cause people to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Cause supernatural wonders to break people free in bondage. Father, your word says that you came to set the captives free. So do all the things that you promised in your word. By the authority of your word, we seek your face, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, we're dismissed from this place. But our lives, but our life will never be the same. Amen, amen, and amen. Give the Lord a big shout. Come on, give the Lord a big shout. We're dismissed. God bless you in Jesus' name.